You're listening to Tox Machina on the Critical Role Podcast Network. Tox Machina airs live at twitch.tv slash critical role on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific, and it's also uploaded to youtube.com slash critical role on Thursday mornings. If you like our podcast, please rate and review it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Without further ado, here's this week's episode of Tox Machina. Do I have powder on my nose? Not enough. Okay. Are we on the internet? What the fuck are you wearing? What? It's, uh... It's from Big and Hugh. <laughs> no. You don't like it? No. Well, look I at know, him. I know it. Matt looks great. Oh, we, we're wearing yeah. the same thing. Well, now, I'm wearing a much pornier version of, yes. of that, but... Actually, you look more like you're about to, like, go get put in the ring. We look like two icons of, 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 of sexual energy and, and, and Valentine's Day... Uh, joy, right? Is that what you have on Valentine's Day is joy? I mean, some people. Sure. Tonight, <laughs> <laughs> the Mighty Nine meet the real traveler. Fight some creepy monsters and find Clay's family. I'm going to break it all down with my guest, Matt Mercer. Hi. Excited. Hi. I'm excited. We haven't done one of these in a while where it's just no, us. No. I think the last time we did, we were wearing robes. I think so. And I think it was right after campaign one ended, wasn't it? I think so. I, think so, I keep yeah. track of what happens on the show, not on what happens here. <laughs> Kyle, we need someone to keep track of what happens here. <laughs> and maybe don't tell them a lot about what that job's going to be until after they've signed <laughs> the paperwork. <laughs> All that and more tonight on Talks Machina. Pure Valentine's Day sex edition. Oh, yeah. God. I couldn't fire up my giant three-foot octopus bong and rip it right before tuning it. Playing Fortnite? Are we back? Yep. All right. Only Snoop Dogg's allowed. You should know that. I understand. Well, before we get started, we have some announcements, and I have some wine for you, sir. Well, thank you. I'm excited. See how easy that was? That was very. That was very easy. I had Jerry pre-cork it. I don't, don't ever wink at me again. I didn't wink at you, I winked at the folks at home. I was in the splash zone. Oh man, in the splash zone. That's good, zone. that's a lot, that's holy stuff. We have a lot to talk about. Oh, and I want to get to the truth. And that's how we do it with the truth juice. <laughs> All right, well, I need to move Henry cast closer to us, but I'll do it Cast a wine of truth. I cast wine of truth, yes. Mm. All right, we have some announcements. That, that looks, wait, yeah, get that, get right that together. Wow, this is distinguished as fuck. Beautiful. This is almost too good for this program, Kyle. You've got your racetrack pants on. Hopefully the viewership is low tonight. This is too good for this. <laughs> In case you missed it, Cinderbrush, a Monster Hearts story. Sorry, I drank a bottle of wine before this. <laughs> our Valentine's Day one-shot is available right now on our YouTube channel. Yay. It was so unique. I really loved it. It was like different than anything else we've done. Very much so, yeah. You had... Erica Ishii 
You had Talison, who obviously had to show up just, I mean, decked out to the, he had more, he had Chris Angel level of rings on his. Right. Well, he, he let his glamour fall a little bit that day. We got yeah. to see more of his true self, which was absolutely. Almost his final form. Almost. That must have been a blast. Oh, it was so much fun. It was like, a blast. I, I played the game a li- like one session last year, and it was such a, just a, a unique, beautiful, uh, intense game. And uh, I've been thinking about it for a while, and so it was kind of a pet project of mine to actually run a one shot on it. And uh, you know, it was my my first time running it, and <laughs> their first time playing it. We talked about it a bunch and stuff, and uh, I know I didn't didn't necessarily. Play all the rules properly, but that's also oh, part of the process of learning. And I know, yeah. I know people expect a lot of high-end stuff for our D and D, which I'm much more comfortable with. But, um, but even with that aside, we had a really good time. And if we ever have a chance to do something like that again in the future, I've learned a lot, and I'm excited to uh, for you guys who haven't seen it yet to check it out. It's available yeah. now on our YouTube channel. Yeah, and it was our first time having Ali Beardsley play with us. They're they're college humor fame. Yeah, yes, they are phenomenal. Been a fan of theirs for a while. We've met a number of times, and it was our first chance to actually get together and. Play together, and we hung out and watched uh, as part of like a pre-inspiration thing for it. We all hung out and watched um, Watched the the craft, solid, the classic, and uh, Jennifer's body thereafter. Big fan of the craft, solid, Kyle. Kyle emoted probably more than I've ever seen. Incredibly ridiculous movie in the best way. I love it. Movies that movie's amazing. Yeah, I dressed like that in high school. I dress like that now. You do. That's awesome. (laughs) I know. Make Marisha actually, Marisha calls it my my the craft realness look. The craft realness. Yeah. Oh, and then Jennifer's body. What a what a great movie. I'd, I'd somehow Holds missed up. it. I'd somehow missed it. Diablo when it first came out. Cody. Yeah, it was great. Yep. Good words, Jennifer. Uh, what's what's the what's the uh, Megan Fox? Megan, Megan Fox. Fox. Yeah, she's she's phenomenal in it. But anyway, sorry. married to Brian Austin Green. Can you believe it? Oh, your favorite. From that program. In today's brand new episode of All Work No Play, which is back for season two, yeah, Sam and Liam went ghost hunting with America's sweetheart, me. Nope, Laura Bailey. It says, "Sorry, oh. I read America's Sweetheart. I immediately think <clears throat> me, but no, it's Laura." I'm just letting the heart music play for a second. There it is. There the VOD is available right now. If you're a Twitch channel subscriber, if you're not, you can click right here. Is that where it goes? Is that where it goes? Cool. You're getting good at this. (laughs) I'm happy. Man. Three years. It took three years, but my criminal record is clean and I'm doing good on this show. (laughs) Perfect. That's all we wanted. Still can't be, they still don't let me into the DMV, which is weird. Can't even go in. (laughs) They just have signs posted everywhere. I know what I did. Uh, It's going to be on YouTube on Thursday on our YouTube channel, Sam and Liam Ghost Hunting. This one's hilarious. They found some real characters to... uh, Go visit for the activities this season. <laughs> let's just say, I'm, uh, oh. if you missed the chainsaw art episode, go to our YouTube channel. This is chainsaw art. That's how it works. Is, there. Yeah. Yep. The universal mm-hmm. sign for. If you ever see me doing this in charades, it means chainsaw art. You know what I mean? There's a lot of like. <laughs> That's important. To, yeah. The, 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 this one goes really fashion. well. Look <laughs> 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 at chainsaw art, guys. Yeah, that one probably is bad. Um, also, to let you know, speaking of Chicago, we weren't yet speaking of Chicago, but we are now. We Don't still know. have some autograph and individual photo op tickets available during C2E2 if you'd like to meet us next week in Chicago. Hell yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I've been to Chicago in a minute. 
I, I have packed my my warm clothes. Good, good. Um, Kyle says it's going to be cold, and he says that I I appear to have what it what seems to be no constitution. So he says I should really <laughs> bundle up. Yeah. So he wants to see me twice my size. Um, I've, I, I'm ready to get uh, some some famous uh, a cheese steak. Mm-hmm. That's good. We're going to get cheese steaks, right? I've been Googling. Not having a lot of luck. We're going to have to go on word of mouth. Okay. There you go. You know, Chicago, the cheesesteak capital. Looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to it. We have a live show coming up. Our friends of ours, uh, Rivals of Waterdeep, they have a live show there as well. If you guys are not busy for that part of the con, go check out their Hell show, yeah. which is awesome. They're good people to tell awesome stories. Um, Two live shows of D&D in one weekend, yeah. I'd explode. Yeah. I, well, that you would just be might. so fun. You just might. You're probably, because you would see a lot of the same folks at both, and you'd be like, what's up, dude? You got hella drunk last night. Yep. That was awesome. There's a lot, of, a lot of community crossover there, which is awesome. Yeah. All right, C2E2, still some tickets left if you want to take your picture with Matt Mercer and, um, you know, maybe just gaze at his beautiful hair and hopefully the AC's on and it'll be blowing in the wind. (laughs) All right, let us, without further ado, discuss episode 95 and some others of Critical Role Campaign 2. Oh, this episode is like me, blessing in disguise. (laughs) You did. We begin tonight's episode the way we begin every episode of our show. <laughs> Don't make me laugh, dude. This is serious. Yeah, sorry. <clears throat> With a question for Emmy Award-nominated actor Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> Aw, man. Has anyone seen him? I mean, I would love to see him. You'd love to see him? I would love to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan. A little bit of a crush on him? I do have a little bit of a crush on Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Do you like the dudes that are almost silver foxes? Yes. They're in like silver fox, uh, they're like, they're like in like phase one. Yeah, I like the, I like the like, the like right before it like fully takes over. Mm -hmm. All right, John Hamm. Comes here in six years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll get him there. Um, all right, we begin tonight's episode with, uh, since Jeffrey Dean Morgan's a fucking no-show, let it be known. <laughs> don't tweet him, though, because it's a joke. <laughs> Seriously, don't be like, hey, why didn't you? We're making that up. None of us know him. Please don't tweet we him. We don't know anyone Morgan. that famous. They would never come on this program. I had some... Dirt on Joe Manganello is the only way he came on. <laughs> and now that's spent. I gotta find some more. That's okay. Crit roll stats. Guidance <laughs> has been cast 100 times. Yeah, man. That's, that's a, crazy. It's a can trip of preference. <laughs> Almost too much. You think so? We'll find out. Oh, no, that's fine. It's good. Good for them. They need it. They do. Need <laughs> it just means I get to up the DC. Yes, it does. <laughs> Which you love doing on the fly. Of course. No, that's fine. Polymorph, however, has been cast 50 times. Hmm. I like it. You think that's... It was cast a lot more in the first campaign by now, right? Because of... Uh, well, no, because Keyleth oh. had Wild Shape. Wild Shape's yeah. different than Polymorph. That's different. Yeah, that's Never different. mind. Now, Polymorph, Polymorph's been done quite a bit this campaign. Yeah. Which is good. It's a useful spell. It's got utility, so aggressively and defensively. Love Polymorph. It's good so shit. Yeah. And you get to get more minis. Yay. <laughs> That's what I need. It's just, oh my God, dude, the table. The table. How are we still running out of storage for stuff, though? 
it, we just keep getting I more have and a more. Problem. I've had a problem for like twenty years, but Brian. now now the problem is compounded because we have space for all that stuff. Do we? But we don't really. Because I, I just witnessed an hour ago. A giant box of stuff that you had that you said to Marisha, like, all right, should we take this home? And then you went, oh, wait, I don't know. It's a huge box of stuff, you know? And yeah, I, I, I have knew, a lot I knew of the moment I asked it. The moment I asked stuff. it, I was like, no, we're not taking this home. She literally made me move all the stuff out to here because it, would, it shouldn't be at home. I saw that in your face. It was hilarious. It's okay. Um, <laughs> Matt, played so brilliantly by you, the dungeon master, is 63 NPCs away. This is, is this correct? It's Kerbal stats, obviously it's correct. You're 63 NPCs away from 1,000 in campaign two. That's, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's, that explains a lot of my problems right now. It does. I'm running out of memory. You are. I'm, I, my, you know, I should have gone in for that solid state hard drive. There's so that's what I'm regretting now. <laughs> but are they counting Pumat Soul as one NPC oh, or as four? Shit. That's a question for Andrew and Folk. Kurt Roll stats. This is my question to you. Yeah, why don't why don't you tweet something? I don't know. Why don't you tweet? <laughs> I mean, they're watching. So. Of course, they're watching. I was like thousand for campaign two. That's nuts. It says campaign two alone. Uh, what's wrong with? Because I remember this the sheet they put out. If you guys are caught up on campaign one, definitely go to Crow Stats website because they did a lot of after the whole thing was over stats. Um, and the amount of NPCs was ungodly in, yeah. that, in campaign one over the whole thing too. What is wrong with me? And that doesn't even include all the people from the home game that that you know the uh, audience never met. I know. Hmm. I have a lot to think about. <laughs> a lot of voices in there, Matt. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. Use a different one to answer each question tonight. Our first will be... You don't want that, no, but don't, I'll do it. Don't. Okay, do it. <laughs> uh, can we afford his rate as a voice actor, Kyle, we'll for this show's out. budget? No, that's a big no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes? Answer them as uh, lovable just Matt, then. Sure. Angela Mondragon wants to know. Hi, Angela. That's no, I, that sounds like a real name. It's too cool to be a name. I've met some people with really cool names. Really? Like Talisim Jaffe? Yeah. Made up. Do you know what I found out he's named after? Hmm. Merlin. Merlin's real name was Talison. Yeah, it makes sense. I didn't know Merlin's real name was Talison. did you? Talison is Merlin. Well, oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, explosions. All right, Angela, here we go. Matt, what, if any, were your expectations for the hag encounter and what the Mighty Nine would be willing to offer? Laura, stunt aside, were you surprised by any of their responses to her? Um, I guess, like, I, a lot of instances, I didn't know what to expect. Part of, part of the joy of, of DMing sometimes is, like, just setting up a scenario and just going, well, let's see what happens. I prepared for the possibility of the turning into combat, and like a, I had a whole long, mm-hmm. a beautiful a long path. Like beyond just that map, there's a, there's a whole bunch of things that just weren't realized as part of that. Uh, which on one hand is unfortunate, other is super awesome, and I'm excited and proud that they did what they did. Um, I didn't expect the scale of some of the things that were being offered. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of surprised by. Not immediate considering 
of furthering the war. <laughs> yes, I was like, I was I was like too. oh, huh, yeah, that's a unique element of your character's morality I hadn't thought of uh, or considered. <laughs> and then, um, yet it seemed oddly consistent with Knott's disposition. I would say, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's one of those things where it catches you off guard, and then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Bo, uh, you know, knowing where Bo's arc has gone and kind of where her mind was at that time, it was really interesting to have her be willing to to give up the things that were important to her, kind of based on her sense of self-esteem and kind of the, you know, where she was mentally sitting at that time, worried that it could not possibly get better than this, and mm. you know, that kind of peaked early type mentality. But I wasn't expecting it. It's all those things where, where when it happens, you're like, oh shit, and then you think about it after, and you're like, I see where yeah. Where the threads and thoughts went there, and it was it was very fascinating. Um, so my expectation, honestly, was that given the amount of or the the level of acceptable trade they would have to give to disable Knot's curse, I thought it was going to end in blows. I, I I prepared for you it. You did prepare for it. You think they would have offered up the dodecahedron if they still had it? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. That, you the, think that, that would have been like, That's entirely an impartial thing. Yeah. Dude, that map was so beautiful. I know, but that's how, that's, that's how. I'm glad you tweeted out those so people got to see, because it had the, um, is it the Dread Hollow Forest? Is that what it's called? The, the Kickstarter yeah, the from, Forest. Um, yeah. Which I got to use a little bit past episode, which was good too. That's um, right, yeah. But I got to use this awesome, like, little, Natural-looking hut that I—that's like a 3D printer uh, piece I got from was it Printable Scenery, mm-hmm. I think it was, and had painted by Iron Tuskian, who does yeah. a lot of painting stuff. And I was just sitting on it for a long time for the possibility that this encounter would come around, and it had it all set up. And then Laura Bailey <laughs> happened, yep. and it's one of those moments of going like, oh, "Yeah, I'm so proud of you." <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. It was fun. So proud. I asked them last week how it felt to watch your sort of facial <laughs> journey throughout that process of of seeing that unravel, and I I can relate on such a smaller scale as a DM to that moment of going like, yes, that's exactly what I want you to do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're yeah. just like, yes, congratulations, you've you've outwitted. It's like Chris Lockie tweeted it perfectly, Laura just won Dungeons and Dragons. It's like that combination of this spell to this thing to like every all of it put together, that's what makes this game so unique and so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a perfect example of of why I love this game, role playing games in general and people I get to play with. Yeah. Because they get to surprise me and do shit like that. And I go home going, well done. Yep. Well done. Now what? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. After Taco Bell. Well, usually, yeah. Are you a Taco Bell or are you a Taco Bell? I'm a Taco Bell. Love you, dude. It's not true. It's Taco Bell. Not afraid That's to say I it. it. I take it back. CD88 <laughs> wants to know, Matt. <laughs> yes. It's a player's job to mess with the DM's plan with clever, unexpected thinking. Can you walk us through your thoughts as Laura slowly revealed Jester's plan from offering her hands through offering to share her last cupcake to casting Modify Memory? Sure. Yeah, so, start us with the hands, because I was wondering how, what, uh, can she grow them back? Well, how's that going to work? Um, I mean, there are possible ways that she could do that, but that would be its own separate quest. But it also, it's not just losing the hands, it's a curse, much like Nox's yeah. curse, even if she tried to. 
they wouldn't have been able to regenerate because part of the curse is to prevent it from doing so. So it would have been would have been an issue. It would have been a like it wasn't anything I expected her to offer when she did. I was like that that is definitely a comparable m- misery. And so my brain immediately began to kind of run the back uh, process, if you will, while I'm listening to her and watching of like, okay, how would this work out? Mm. What kind of you know ways down the road could she possibly resolve this? What, uh, how would this affect the story? I'd want to make sure I don't enforce it in a way that prevents her from having fun, but makes it you know a worthwhile sacrifice that she's willing to do. So like while I'm listening and role playing, there's that kind of that little bit of a process in the back that goes that way. And so while that conversation's happening. And she's waffling a bit on it. I'm also waiting for her to maybe lead me into an attack or mm. to back out of it. But then at the times she felt genuine, and I was like, oh man, is Laura leaning into the weird, interesting self-sacrifice choice just to see where the story goes? Like I didn't know she kept me in this yeah, you don't the state of not know that with yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh. So I was like, all right, all right, you lead this, you lead this, you've you've drawn her in. I believe you enough to think that she would believe you. I don't think there was a deception check involved in any of that because she wasn't directly lying to mm-hmm, her. Mm-hmm. She was just leading her uh, in a charming way. And then that's why I was like, I wanted the persuasion roll. Uh, or I was like, I was like cons- considering like persuasion roll for that aspect of it. Um, and then when she offered the cupcake, you know, and made her take the roll, see how all well that did. It was good enough for her to be like, all right, I'll share in it. It was more like, it, for my mind, it was the person who was working a deal that was really bad for a client, was looking to fuck over a client, yeah. and they had them right on the cusp of the hook. And so at that point, it was like, I'll go a little bit out of my comfort zone if it, if it means we get to mm-hmm. lock this deal in, and that was kind of the mindset of the hag. And I knew at that moment when she was handing me the cupcake, like I was like, what is, is she gonna do something as she eats the cupcake? Is she gonna attack her? Is she gonna bolt out or like call everyone in? Kind of mm. a Jenga moment from like the first campaign. Yeah, like, where's yeah, it gonna yeah, go? Yeah. And the moment she said the dust of deliciousness, deliciousness, I was like, oh, I completely forgot about that. Oh man, everybody did. Yeah. And then I was like, what? You know, it was it was an item that I designed to be situationally useful in situations like this. <laughs> kind of a fun little like throw it out there. It's it's situationally powerful because it's difficult to get something to eat. Mm-hmm. Food, so it wouldn't be something you can use in combat necessarily. It would be a role play implement, and I had no idea how it would be utilized. Wow. Um, and so, as soon as that reveal happened, that was the moment of like, okay, well, she's eating it. That definitely kind of involves her attention on this. Mm-hmm. The, the, the flavor is so good. And I, the way I, I kind of narratively think of that item is you sprinkle it on something and you eat it, and it's so good you are enraptured by the flavor of this. And that's why your wisdom save is. With disadvantage oh, for the next minute is because you're just like, just like yeah. so entranced by whatever the taste, the flavor you're, uh-huh. you're experiencing is. And so I, I envisioned that when she said I cast out of her memory. All right, let's see where the saving throw goes. And then she has disadvantage on it. And I rolled and I was like, oh, but she has advantage because she has magic mm-hmm. resistance instinctually. So that's just a single roll. And I rolled low and. It was like a four or and then a one below the DC or something like that, right? I'm trying to remember what the actual uh, yeah, roll yeah, was. Yeah. The first one was low, it was like a two or a four. And, uh, and she had a really high wisdom saving throw too. But that, but also at that moment, but all of, everything lines up like that. The player's clever. The tools were theirs to use, mm-hmm. and it. The dice said that this is what's going to happen. You know, I could be a dick and be like, "No, I'm going to force it in the scenario." But yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. how I enjoy the game. That's not how anyone enjoys the game. And you want to reward the player for being clever if the dice work in their way. Right. And um, yeah, it was like, all right, cool. Well, this is how it goes. What do you want to modify? 
And then when she told me exactly what she did, and it, it goes against them, it says in the spell, like, you know, if you tell someone to go against their nature, um, you know, the spell might be a little wonky. And I'm like, this didn't tell her to do anything against her nature, but it definitely left her, like, a little confused. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. something's not right. This seems a little strange. But that didn't. That doesn't mean that it prevented her from relieving the curse, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. she did as part of that. Yeah. In the moment, um, and we'll see what, if any, ramifications there are down the road. If anything, might be like a end of campaign wrap up type question yeah. scenario, or if I get if I get feeling funny, I could always bring it back in if it makes sense. But um, if I get feeling funny, I he get says, funny. and he shifts in his seat. You know, <laughs> if I get feeling, I get funny. feeling wiggly. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of my. My thought process from point to point to point, and once again ended with just being really proud. Hell like, yeah! Hell yeah! You, hell you not yeah. only tricked the NPC, you tricked me, which is something that I relish. Yeah, <laughs> you're a smart motherfucker. It's hard to outwit you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I disagree, but I'm I am I'm thankful that uh, that my players are able to keep me on my toes. You disagree that you're a motherfucker? I? Which part did you disagree? <laughs> <laughs> All right, this question comes from uh, Carly Ann. Smart to only give us your first and middle name. You mentioned out of game that the Traveler was ready to show Jester his true identity after her brilliant cupcake trickery with Asharna. Had none of that taken place, did, is it Artigan? What is it? Tell us what it really is. Artagan. Artagan ever planned to tell Jester the truth, or was he just waiting for the right moment? I mean, he was... From my standpoint, I was considering him feeling a little underwater, overwhelmed. Uh, Jester definitely represents like his most important confidant and the individual that he's kind of invested the most into. And it was, I was thinking he might eventually reveal it either right before or even at TravelerCon. Mm. Like I had in my head, there was a possibility that like everyone shows up there and it is a fire festival type scenario where nothing's set up and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just absolute shit. And everyone's like, "What's going on?" And then he pulls her aside and is like, "Okay, so this is this is really what's going on. Mm -hmm. Fuck, I need your help." You know, type yeah, scenario. Yeah, yeah. But after that, from my perspective, I was like, "No, that that is a show of cleverness that he would take as okay. Maybe she can help me." Wow, you know, yeah. beyond what I've already asked of her, right? Um, it, it, it was it was just the type of trickery that really impressed him and made him feel like I can I can trust in her now with this secret and maybe together we can do something really really interesting and cool. Looks like you're having fun role playing him. Oh yeah, he's have a you blast. Been waiting, have you been I've like been waiting for this, man? To get to it? Yeah, he was yeah, a blast yeah. even for the small snippets in campaign one. Uh huh. And um, oh, he's just such a, a fascinatingly weird and chaotic. Individual, yeah, and it's a, it's a great mindset as a person that is extremely conscientious uh, of of things and people around me, and um, and you know have my own insecurities and weirdness. It's fun to step in the shoes of somebody that just does not give mm. a shit yeah. for a lot of scenarios, yeah. and just and just it is is impulse based mm -hmm. and has a very strange outlook on life and the world around them as just their kind of sandbox. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. So he's yeah. me on this show. Yeah. Yeah. With better yeah. hair. Don't you meh me? I love Look at Artagan. Me. Look at me. I'm dressed like a hundred bucks. <laughs> uh-huh. Where do we get these? So you dress more like 1999 off Amazon, but thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was like that was like a couple bucks at the 99 cent store. Or something. Chris had a hell of a job getting a microphone on me in this thing. <laughs> yeah, I kept taking it off. Hey, That's Matt, somebody did. you're not going to believe this. This person also has a question for you. What? That's crazy. Yeah, we'll get to you in a second, Sam. <laughs> it's from Les Brennian. <laughs> yeah. I told him to come and just sit off camera for just in case. Mm-hmm. You must have seen some of the theories uh, that float around the fandom, some outlandish, but some end up correct, like Artagon being the traveler. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to see people hypothesize and to see your story and where it's going based off your hints? It's really cool. Um... It's really cool. I, I, it makes me excited that people are following along so closely that they're picking up the threads that I'm dropping, and that they are very clever people. And in many cases, more clever than I am, um, and pick up these things early. It, it just makes me happy because it, it means that I'm, I'm not doing a terrible job at, mm-hmm. at laying down the the, the tracks. And uh, I know a lot of people sometimes when that happens in an audience, their instinct is to like change it. And I'm like, no, no. Why would you do that? You 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 told the story for a reason. You made these choices for a reason. Um, sometimes the surprise isn't the joy uh, of good telling a good story. It's sometimes it's rewarding people for following along and figuring things out. Wow, yeah. And then finding what elements of maybe minor surprise you can tweak in there. Like I, I watched everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people start figuring out the, the, the elements of Artagon's, uh, you know, traveler element and everything. But in the back of my head, I was like, but they probably don't quite know the scope of where it's going and how he feels about it and kind of what's coming. So I was like, and what condition he's in when we're going to actually find that out. Exactly. Yeah, find out who he is. Yeah. And then even like a week before this all went down, I saw like a fan art piece that got pretty close to it. And I was like, mm. oh man, this person's actually kind of on the right path. Yeah, maybe without yeah. even realizing it. So, yeah. so even then I was excited because, because then it just, it makes me think that people are, are invested and they're, you know, my ideas aren't too ridiculous and hopefully people are enjoying it. So yeah. that's that. It just makes me excited. To answer the question, it makes me excited, it makes me proud, and I'm happy that people are on the same path that I am. Do you know what I did after on Deadwood? Hmm. I went on Tumblr and responded to everyone's uh, theories and told them they were all correct. (laughs) Everyone? Just everybody. I said, yep, that's true. Yep, planned that all along. Yep, that was correct. So now everyone thinks they're right, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then that way, it's their favorite thing. Because they guessed it. That's a way to do it. Yeah. It's very manipulative. <laughs> it is. Me. That's pretty pretty <laughs> fucked up. Uh, but good on you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think it's cool. I think it's cool that, that people come up with, with theories and stuff. And often, occasionally, I'll see theories that are cooler than what I planned. It and means they're spending time, because you can't really just like... You know, you arrive at a theory. You have to spend time like thinking about it. You have to spend time putting connections together. We see Danny draws on the walls and crayon. You know what I mean? Just constantly colored pencil, colored pencil, constantly trying to uh, connect dots and everything. And it's time. And so, anytime someone spends that amount of time invested in your story and invested in what you're doing, it's it's not only a huge compliment, but it's also just, it makes them a part of it. Yeah, you know? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy that they are, and I I'm, I'm hope they're excited to have their their theories confirmed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it also makes sense that people would figure it out, because it makes means that you're, I mean, you basically already said this, but it means that you're laying the right foundation. Things that, things that come completely out of nowhere sometimes don't feel earned. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. want it to be a big surprise. It wasn't yeah. meant to be this huge reveal. For some people, maybe they didn't pick up on it. For some people, it was a big surprise. Um, they were focused on other aspects of the story. 
Um, but I intentionally laid groundwork towards this over a long period of time, intentionally, uh, so people would start figuring it out and start yeah. theorizing it, so it just made me happy. Yeah, fuck yeah. If you saw the two of us walking around, <clears throat> say like at Walden Books, mm -hmm. uh, what would you think we did for a living? Each other. Awesome. <laughs> That's the correct answer. It says here, <clears throat> hey, growls like a bear, speaking of, wants to know, Matt, mm -hmm. sorry, this one's for you. I thought it was for Trinket. I, sorry, Travis, <laughs> we're gonna get to you in a sec, buddy. Just hang out there for a minute. Um, Sam, stop licking that shoe. All right, you had the opportunity <laughs> to play as Art Artagon for about an hour last Thursday. How great was it to see the cast interact with him and have them realize that the actions of Vox Machina have had some major consequences on this new campaign? It was awesome. It was it was cool, and I think I've, even a few of them had started kind of piecing together their theories in, in recent weeks. So it was cool to have to watch their reaction to the reveal. To then realize that they get to interact with this very strange, delightful, sometimes very dark figure, mm -hmm. and but from a different character's perspective, and then to also once again let them know that just because the campaign's over doesn't mean the choices are gone, yeah. the ramifications are, are gone, and hopefully let them know that whatever games we play in the future, there's a chance that the choices they make now might affect characters and stories down the road. You know, this world is. As much as I want to try and make it uh, a living and breathing thing as we go forward. And so, depending on how their characters in interact with the world, the choices they make, the things they get involved with, they may not realize the long-running ramifications of their decisions. Be careful whose bed you poop on, is what you're saying. Oh yeah, no, season three uh, of Critical Role, there's going to be nothing but angry Duragar. <laughs> Demanding clean bed sheets. It's going to be Just a whole thing. <laughs> Forty years later. Yep. Oh, I've God. been saving it. I have a whole series of stat blocks ready as a whole. Yep. <laughs> it's always ready to go on his sheet over yep. here, just like underneath. Emberhold has been building an army. Yep. To oh hunt down Scanlan Shorthold. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, speaking of campaign one. Yeah. It's time for Cosplay of the Week. Hey. Cosplay of the Week, yeah! Cosplay of the Week! Yeah! Oh, yeah. So good! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, our winner for this week is me for playing guy you definitely avoid at the orgy because it's his first time. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> I don't know. This uh, so good. <laughs> On. Sorry, we're going, we're going. Yep. Our winner was and the sent satin in. Pretty good too. Yeah, thank you. Mm. Our winner was sent in by Jenna Metcalf. Casualty underscore cosplay on Instagram. Photo by Emma Metcalf. Emma underscore Metcalf 10. Other way. There it is. On Instagram. Let's take a look. Oh! That's amazing! Oh, so good! Now, where do you live? Where is that? I want to live there. It looks like it's the forest with snow. That's it's such incredible. a fun interpretation of that of that costume too. Yeah, it's yeah. So good. I agree. Color choice, great pose, great, great photography. The mm -hmm. angles dynamic. The lighting is great. Makeup's tight. Oh hell yeah! That makes me so happy. It's got all the right so elements. Good. All the right elements of a winner. Well done. Well done, everyone. Man, it's hard to pull off. That's why you win this purple hard dice tray. Woo! Dice fault, not Dice Trey. fault. Sorry, I said that. <laughs> I was so distracted by how good it smells. 
Smell your wormwood. <laughs> oh god. If you got one, use the hashtag on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. I don't give a fuck. We want to see it. Smell it. Take a picture. Tag us. Tag wormwood. Just for fun. Just for fun. Yeah. What does it matter if it's not for fun? Oh, that's a good one, dude. It not only looks purple, it smells purple. Mm. It's very purple. It's so purple, you guys. You can enter our it's weekly so contest <laughs> by visiting critroll.com slash submit. I slash on the other one. Um, rules for our contest are available at critroll.com. That's a great website. You've been there? Occasionally. Danny? Uh, yes, many times now because recaps are on critroll.com. Yeah! Critical crit recap, critical recap. What did I just say? It's on critroll.com. It's confusing because it's. Have another glass of wine, Brian. <laughs> I can't, I've had nine. <laughs> it's my cutoff. I have to drive my Vespa home. <laughs> All right, Matt, <clears throat> this one's for you. Uh, Laura, sit down. M. Busutil wants to know, that's not it, Busutil wants to know, I don't know. At the start of the campaign, everyone talked about generally trying to keep the two campaigns separate. Did you hesitate to let Laura play a cleric of a significant campaign one NPC, or did the slow burn on the reveal and the exchange in his situation make it different enough to be fair game? Uh, when I when I wanted to keep the campaign separate, it was less about like no connections whatsoever. It was more about I didn't want them to play like the children of Vox Machina. I yeah, didn't, I didn't yeah, want yeah. it to lean so heavily into the previous story and their characters that it was um, a very visual continuation of the previous story. I wanted it to be something that was unique and special to its own narrative. When she brought up wanting to, to bring Artagon into her character, I felt that was a distant enough and only situationally attached element of the previous campaign, and the way it wouldn't be involved in this story would have Really, nothing to do with Vox Machina beyond the uh, the inciting incident of his freedom from the Feywild. Mm. It was enough of a thing where I was like, "This, yeah, th this won't directly tie Vox Machina into their narrative, where they are now intrinsically bound, and it just becomes a continuation of Vox Machina's story." It's a choice that they made. It's an action they took, and beyond that, it is its own unique story that is more jester story. Mm. It is the Mighty Nine story. Yeah. So, yeah, very much so. I felt that this was enough of a separation that it was not just uh, in line with what I wanted it to be separation-wise, but it was a fun opportunity to take a character that only got a couple glimpses in the first campaign that I really enjoyed and give him the opportunity to be more involved mm -hmm. and you know more invested in whatever this next story is going to be. Did you have anything in mind as far as like a, a timeline of when you thought this sort of reveal would happen in the campaign? Did you think it would be sooner than it happened or <clears throat> further along? I didn't know. I, I think... I think I based a lot of it on Jester's interactions with the Traveler. Um, if she began to ask more questions, if she began to grow more curious about him in particular, like maybe more of it would tease out, but Laura plays her very fully invested and trusted, and so there wasn't a lot of questioning beyond just his occasional lack of response, um, comparison to where like they began the relationship. Right. Um, it could have been later. I figured at the very least, at the very least, TravelerCon was probably going to be the reveal. Mm. If it didn't happen sooner. Right, 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 yeah. Um, I love that it's TravelerCon now. That wasn't even the intended I was going to ask you it, that too. Like, what, was, what, what were you going to call that before? I don't know. I, I didn't, I, like. Jester versus the volcano? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> good one. Um, I, Whoa, Danny said good one. Yeah. Oh my God, you. 
Queer Girl Stats Broken that marked clock. the first episode. <laughs> Broken clock. I've complimented you like you, three times before over the 142 episode. episodes of the show. Yeah, <laughs> good God. Anyway, sorry, Matt, go ahead. No, but like I, I didn't have a name for it. I, like if I were to consider, if you were to present a title for it, it would be like, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the Gathering of the Travelers or something that was more like, yeah. you know, pompous and, mm. and given a, an intentionally ridiculous poetic flair to it, and then yeah. Traveler Con happened, and I'm like, yeah, sounds about right. Best laid plans. And now it's a hoodie. And now it's a hoodie. Available at shop.critroll.com. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's very weird. All of it is very I weird. I don't think we have a thing for that. That's okay, it's for the best. Nothing weird about what I just did. However, this question's for you. Sam fell asleep and Laura's drawing dicks on his face now. Uh, LK Athis wants to know, even when following an individual character's plot threads, you and the cast seem to hit on development beats for other characters, such as the Artagon reveal to Jester while going to the menagerie for Clay. Is this a conscious and purposeful effort on your part? Does it develop naturally or is it a mix? I think it's a mix. Yeah. I, in my head, I think what would be an interesting path for this NPC to go, whether or not the players get involved. Mm. You know? I don't want to leave it, I don't want it to be that everything is directly based on the player's choices. The world continues whether or not they interact with elements. So I loosely have ideas of like, eh, it'd be kind of fun if it went this way, or like, it makes sense that this would happen. It's like when you said the war is going to happen whether they get involved or not. Yeah, and yeah. I honestly expected them to, to not get as involved. I, th- I thought when, when the beacon fell in their lap originally, mm-hmm. And they gave it away. I was like, okay, well, that thread's done. Yep. Um, or if they got the beacon back, I was like, they'll probably be keeping this out of the hands of anyone in the war. Um, and honestly, when 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 uh, Yeza was captured, I thought it was going to be a let's look into our allies in the Dwendalian Empire and see who we can, you know, help us figure out how to get Yeza back. And I had this whole thing planned out with like them getting more involved in the Dwendalian Empire and their their political structure there and and trying to lean into that side and. Nope, you know, yep. <laughs> but, but, but that's how it works out, you know. I, yeah. I don't plan because I don't want to push the players in a particular direction. But I, as every DM, you know, and game master knows, to a certain extent, you try and think of a few possible loose assumptions and plan a little bit around those, so you mm-hmm. don't feel completely flat-footed. Um, so yeah, that and that, you're not blindsided when they make a left turn, right? Yeah, but you still are, and they always blindside you here and there, and that's part yeah. of the fun too. So. Um, so yeah, so for, for certain characters like uh, Artagon, it's a little bit of like, I could see them going this path, and then the players interact and change things, and you go, or it's gonna turn to this new direction I wasn't expecting, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. And I think, I think with him in particular, it was a combination of uh, how much Jester continuously pushed for the expansion of his name and his warship, and continued to kind of want it to grow and for people to take the Traveler into their heart. And I thought that she wouldn't be the only one doing this and it would expand further over the years and the years that have gone past. That would probably have an effect on an individual that likes being free of all sort of responsibility Mm -hmm. and unintentionally found themselves in a position there. And then based on their interactions, where the party's gone, it made sense that he would reach a critical mass. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see who the uh, Traveler con version of Ja Rule's gonna be. <laughs> I know. Oh shit. Oh shit. Secrets. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> all right. What the fuck, Danny? All these questions are for Matt. 
I mean, there, there's a lot of really good questions for Matt. Well, shit, we're not gonna have time to, this feels like when Kim lost a bump Matt Damon every night, you know? What? Got the whole cast off camera. <laughs> don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about, Kyle. Liz Mac D22 knows what I'm talking about. What's up, Liz Mac? I know you've mentioned NPCs from Campaign One that you most identify with, slash cherish. Now that we are all well into Campaign Two, who stands out for you as those NPCs so far in this campaign? Hmm, that's interesting. Most cherished, slash you identify with the most? Identify with the most? Uh, huh. I mean, Allura, but that's both campaigns. Yeah. Um, that's not fair. That's we not, knew that's that. Not <laughs> I would say early in, probably watch Master Bryce, mm -hmm. somebody who's just trying to do their job and, and put some good in the world when things are a little chaotic. Um, as it's gone on a bit, Yeza. Mm -hmm. Yeza, Yeza is a lot, not intentionally, but the more I play the character and the more the story goes on, the more like me in some ways, Interesting. <laughs> I yeah. think, than even I'm like willing to admit. Um, you just did. I know, there's that. This isn't the internet or anything. Nobody's here. Um, elements of Essex. Mm. Essex is a delightfully complicated character. Uh, and True. I love them. <laughs> yeah, it, Essex also has gotten in, involved in this story far more than I ever anticipated. Mm -hmm. Ways I didn't expect, and I'm real interested to see where this all goes. Yeah, I mean, oh, so many elements of it. I don't. I love this game. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of. It's so different too because we were just talking before about our, our little home game that I'm playing. Little home game with 53 players. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting because you you do. You know we've been on this one for over a year and a half now, and so you go, God, it's so much different than what I imagined where we'd be at right now and all yeah. those different things. That's why I, like, I always like to ask you, like, how'd you picture it this way or that way? Because it always ends up so much different, always ends up so much better because it's like any other kind of creative thing. When you add when you add more really talented people to the mix, they bring their own thing and it, it, it makes it evolve into something totally different. Yeah. He likes it when you just hit him really hard, too. Good he's, boy. He's a big boy. He can take it because he's a tough bitch. <laughs> Matt, I got to break it to you. This question's for you. It's from Wookie Shakespeare. Wookie Shakespeare, nice. Saw that in the park. It's hard to understand. <laughs> While the group discussed uh, Thoreau's exchange being living under a veritable sort of Damocles. Good mention. It's a reference. Yeah, I know. Did I, I say it right? You did. I think so, yeah. Oh, cool. So I pronounce yeah, how it. I say it. Damocles. So I pronounce it, too. Okay. The biggest grin crept you onto your with face. The the, with the what? You familiar with Damocles? No, are you? Yes, the king who wanted to prove to his people that he uh, was relatable and understood the, the the challenges of living as a normal person. To prove that, he put a sword above his throne by I think we believe it was a hair from his head, and so that hung above him to to kind of help instill that like he was always in peril, and as such, was I can't remember the, the specifics of, but essentially the idea of like uh, I am not above you. I myself exist in danger. Uh, and to take responsibility for my position here and a lot of other elements there. It's a really loose, terrible description of it, but essentially, guy hung a sword. And then an opera singer came in and hit a note that made the hair break and it killed the king by impaling him through the head? Sure. 
It's one interpretation. A Spike Lee joint. <laughs> I'd watch it. How great is it to have your players interact with your designs and put the pieces together was the end of that question, but that's fine. No, what was the question again? The question was about when the Sword of Damocles was fucking brought up, you had the biggest grin on your face. Because, you know, the whole I understood that reference gift. Oh, I know what they're referring to, yeah. I didn't realize, I'm usually pretty good at a poker face, but that was one time I was bad at it. Yeah, I w- um, I've told you before I won't play poker with you. Yeah. Though I'm, I'm just I'm excited when people in the community figure things out. I love when players figure things out. You know, you try and throw a lot of threads out there, a lot of pieces to the puzzle, and sometimes they don't get them, not because they're bad, but because I was too obtuse with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's much easier for me to be like, oh, well, all these things connect. How can you not, can't see when I know the answer and I designed it? Right. And often, you you know, the challenge of a dungeon master is to throw those disparate pieces out there and occasionally nudge them and push them in those ways and being a little more obvious than you think you should be, but realizing that you have to be because you know everything and they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so guys, yeah. guys, it's a door. Yeah, it's a door. It's, it's just a chair. It's a it's it's a chair. It's a chair. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah, no, it, it was really exciting, and especially with the more out there concepts that we were dealing with when it came to fate and misery and Isharnai and the deals that the, the Lionettes had made, they began to piece through some pretty accurate things that I wasn't I thought too overt with. Mm-hmm. So it just made me excited to see that they were following the right path in yeah. some ways being like all right well done mm-hmm. well done thank you for thank you for coming along proud parent after the Kinda, soccer yeah. game yep uh, this one's from Tessa with Weidenhofer Matt our tagons seem to have strong reactions to Ford and Caduceus compared to the rest of the nine what caused them to stand out to him from what you can say um as an entity that uh comes from the Feywild and has existed in a space that is a similar sphere as Melora, the Wild Mother, Mm -hmm. but does not necessarily subscribe to the idea that this one entity should represent all elements of nature, bridled and unbridled. Um, And in a sense, his existence, even in his own point, is kind of a mockery of religious faith. Yeah, that he unintentionally began to to to, to become an, a symbol of. Mm-hmm. Um, he could sense that in them, and from the travels and such, and just felt felt it uncomfortably close to his zone of comfort and interest. You know, the yeah. the, the goddess of of nature that is a true god, and he's sitting here, a fey entity that came from the fey wild, and a lot of his uh, his personal powers and influence kind of still fits within. Elements of nature and, and fae and uh, the world outside of civilization, and uh, so yeah, that's the thing for him. It was it was it was less that he was bothered by them, but more they stood out because they represented things that were in similar spheres and that he didn't necessarily agree with. Mm. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. You know, he's hypocritical in some ways, fully. Yeah, I love the gods of this campaign. Fascinating motherfuckers. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting to play with divinity mm-hmm. in a role-playing game. And I don't know if I'm doing it right all the time, but I'm, I'm definitely trying to find some some interesting beats and, and uh, discussions and explorations of what faith and divinity means to certain people and that kind of an idea. What they're willing to do, you know. Yeah. What they're capable of doing. Yeah. And how different 
different gods and different perspectives and different spheres could could be seen as a very, very different type of lifestyle to be lived and how it kind of changes and, and, and formulates those elements of society and the people that subscribe to it. But anyway, I'm just no. tangenting. Sorry. No, tangent on this one, because this one's really good. This is from the hecked lesbian. Chaos isn't inherently good or bad. How do you deal with the morality of characters such as Artagon? Uh, I've known people like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I have I have live, real-life examples of it. Um, and also, though I do not subscribe to, to chaos, I, I do have a very deep sense of values and, and, and morality and, and what it means to be good. Um, I also can acknowledge and understand the mindset of one who often either feels broken by the perspective of imposed societal morality mm. and its contradictions and and just you know and the joker is an extreme example but it's a good a good example of a character in, in fictional media that can look at all of the um, the broken ideas of structured morality of universal morality and says fuck it I'll do whatever I want to in any given moment and just the impulse is all that matters yeah we are animals we are beasts and all this other structure means nothing. It is mm-hmm. a distraction. Why are we not all doing what we want right now? The world is ours to destroy and do with what kind of, we yeah. want to. Yeah. And I, I definitely don't agree with it, but it's a fascinating place to mentally live within the mm-hmm. character. That's how I treat uh, a sizzler when I go to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then taking a character who's always lived that way and then giving them responsibility. Mm. Something that, that inherently contradicts who they've always lived themselves to be. And that's what really entices me about the Artagon narrative and what him and Jester and what we're kind of we're going into now is how does how does that happen? When is the person that that doesn't that doesn't that that enjoys having no responsibilities do when they have a kid? Yeah, you know, yeah, that kind of a feeling. Yeah, and so or has too many kids and they don't know what to do with too many kids and oh god, this is a bad idea. Why did I do this? How did this happen? Mm-hmm. Help me. Yeah, you know, you throw them on the back of the train like my folks did with me. Sure. <clears throat> hey, it's time for fan art of the week. Yeah! Yay, finally! <laughs> finally? What do you mean? We're having a wonderful discussion here about our dad! Our dad! Our dad! <laughs> he winks. He does wink, and that's adorable. This week's <laughs> fan art winner for Campaign 2, episode 95, was sent in by Cheyenne at Chrisius Wich. Let's take a look. Aww. So pretty. I love this style of art, too. It's Fucking gorgeous. The colors just pop on that. Too. I know, man. Look at that. Love all the fireflies. The line art on that, like all the consistent, smooth lines. Mm-hmm. The everything has a texture to it. I love it. That's awesome. Look at the freckles. I love man. that. I love that he's in a, a a dynamic position of dominance, and yet his face and physicality is extremely submissive. I don't know, it's very unique. Like the, the like eyes hands. are crazy. Dude, yeah, I love it. Both of them. <sighs> wow. Well done. Well so fucking done. Beautiful. Well, thanks everyone who submitted. Thanks to you, Cheyenne. You have won this purple heart. Mm, dice fault. These are. This is one of my favorite. I might. I might have to get a big tray of this because I like it. It's Good. one of my favorite smells. <sighs> Cheyenne, you might be. You might get nothing. I want this. <laughs> All right. You have to Don't worry, it. Cheyenne. We'll, we'll send to it, get, it to you. We'll get it to you. <laughs> well, you can enter our weekly contest by visiting critroll.com. You do it. No. Do it. No. 
do it. Okay. No. Camera's on you. I'm not going to ask another I will sit either. here and stare into the camera. I'm not doing this. Slash. Thank you, Submit. Matt. Thank you, Matt. I refuse Rules for our contest. Well, All right. Got another question for you, Matt. Believe it or not. Yes. Bless That's you. Your question. <laughs> This comes from underscore Dexty. So Dexty? Traveler was surprisingly willing to show his face to the rest of the Mighty Nine. Did this come from Jester's supportive reaction to his reveal, or does he just really not care what they think of him? Both? Okay. If that makes any sense? Absolutely. Um, he, he doesn't give a shit about them, you know? Other than the fact that they are important to her, and they are useful because they are important to her. Does he care if they are recruited to his, you know, I don't want to say cause, but. Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't want anybody else recruited to his cause he's right like, now. He's like, fuck already, it all together. He's already too much. He's, right now, he's more invested in them as utility. I think. Yeah. And he's been, he, was, he pretty much said that. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, th- I think it was, it's a combination of both, they mean something to Jester, Jester means something to them, and as such, I guess that makes them important. It also makes them useful. And that's about the extent of it so far. So if it develops more, we'll see. They've only recently had any sort of personal interactions, and it was very much a conversation of, "Who are you? What have you done with our jester? We don't trust you. What are you planning?" Mm-hmm. You know, it was a very tense and kind of uh, verbally standoffish, standoffish kind yeah. of sparring match in a social space. So you had yeah, to anticipate that, though, because they were so oh, yeah. they were so sort of curious. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I anticipated it, and it was fun to play so out. Cool. Yeah, I don't know how they were going to react to it. Mm-hmm. You know. Some some of them I was like yeah that makes sense. Some I was like oh that surprised me. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah that's where he sits now. We'll see if if it changes or develops as we go. Do you think forward. anybody would attack him? Do you think anybody was going to try to just <laughs> no. attack him? You gonna think Travis just just for fun? I mean Travis, there's always a slight chance Travis is going to do that anyway. Just it's true. He's ridiculous. It's true. He is an agent of chaos in the same way that our antagonist. Ronan did something the other day. I can't remember what it was, but he did something like not daredevilly, but like he did something a little crazy. And Travis was looking at me like, I don't understand where this kid, I'm like, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, yeah. Hmm. Genetics, man. I wonder. Um, This one's from Red Red Idol Mage. Red Idol Mage. That's cool. Uh, Taking the large families of Taliesin's characters and making them suffer is a recurring theme. (laughs) How long has the idea of them been turned to stone, being turned to stone, been in your plans? Look, I work with what I'm given. <laughs> I understand. When your party of characters hands you largely tragic backstories revolving around their parents, mm-hmm. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> I just have to find a creative way to bring it into the narrative that hasn't been explored in other stories we've done. Um, Travis, not Travis, uh, sorry, Talison gave me his, Caduceus' background about a family that piece by piece left off and never came back. And yeah. Like, well, there's a few ways I could go with that on multiple different scales of tragic. I figured this one was thematically one of the lesser tragic, weirdly. Yeah. Um, and uh, for me, it was just trying to come up with, with a, a, a narrative reason that makes sense as to why they would never have returned but was more complicated than just they died. Yeah. They didn't survive. Mm-hmm. You know, that to me that that doesn't, that's not interesting. Yeah. It's not fun to, to, so I was like, what would be a more complicated um, and unique way for them to have been prevented from coming home 
And I thought about it, I was like, well, on this trek and all these places they're going, this one place is designed, it is, it is a, a sanctuary for strange, eclectic beasts. Mm. And there's a reason why things are a little weird in the jungle there. Um, <laughs> you know, this, this kind of gorgon, more than a gorgon, I guess you could say. Um, a Morgan? Is, a Morgan, if you will. Oh, no. Is, is, <laughs> we got there, Danny. Is not, uh, not a typical resident of, mm. of the Oasis by any means, or they would have been ready for it. Um, so for me, it was like, okay, the, I've also never been able to use a Gorgon really in a campaign before, so I was excited to bring something like that in. Yeah. Give it my own spin. There's narrative reasons why it's a little different. And and it, it allowed me to, to bring in petrification as a means to keep them where they, they all got to the certain point and then couldn't escape. And the next people came, tried to help, got stuck, couldn't escape. And it was just kind of this chain wow. that, that continued until they got there and we'll see what happened. Kind of like LAX? Yeah, essentially. That was my biggest inspiration. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were uh, sitting in the loop one night and you yeah. went, I've got it. <laughs> For I few am, hours. <laughs> I am the clays. Yes. I am the, and it was funny, It was people have made the, the connection like, oh, I get it, stone, stone. That was the last thing I thought of. I was oh, like, after really? I planned everything out, and I was like, Oh, and it's the Stone family. Yeah. All right. That I, I know, right, Henry? Whoa. Henry. Understands. Whoa. Whoa. Um, so yeah, that was that, that was purely coincidence at the end of my thought process, and I was like, ah, that's dumb. Stone just keeps make being just a giant coincidence in this campaign. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. It's true. Like Travis and Talson tell me anything? It, mm-hmm. I don't know. I love it. Weird, weird little coincidences. Thank you for protecting us from the evils that. What is it, Chris Lockie? Yes, it's Chris Lockie. Okay, yeah, I figured. Hey, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> this question's not for you, it's for Kyle. Just kidding, it's for you, Matt. Uh, Rev Neutron wants to know. What's up, Rev? You've talked openly about dealing with the fast ascension and spotlight of Critical Role. Mm-hmm. First, I'm hearing of it. Uh, you've adapted to try to deal with it, even though it isn't your nature. Our tagging seems like he shares some similarities. Did your experience influence how you interpreted our tagging? <laughs> I haven't thought about that. I hadn't either. That's kind of interesting, right? Uh, subconsciously, maybe. Uh, that wasn't an intentional choice. Um, oh, that's that's interesting. Uh, oh man, first live show felt like Traveler Con, didn't it? Though? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's is this going to work? It's also weird. It's. I could see definitely the threads between them that, that seem similar. Um, I, however, kind of understand the responsibility. Mm-hmm. And while it may not be a responsibility that I asked for, it's a responsibility that I'm willing to take on and do the best with. Yeah. I don't think our tagging feels that way necessarily. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're very divergent in that way. Um, but also, very, yeah, no, no, that that's actually a pretty interesting parallel to draw where you you. You started doing something because it was weird and fun, and then it became something far larger than you expected, and the weight and reality of that responsibility and what it's becoming outside of your control, the, the growth and the spread of it becomes something that is far larger than you ever anticipated, and you have the choice to, to either rise to the occasion or eject, mm. and Artagon's right now on the path of, of trying to find a way to eject. Yeah. and. Me and all my compatriots here are desperately trying to to rise to the occasion. <laughs> yes, and not able to catch up. It seems we try, we try. We we often refer to it as trying to guide the rocket. You know, it's going whether or not we're ready, and we're just trying desperately to hold on to it and guide it in the right direction. And we don't always do that, but we, of course, correct when we can and do our best. And so that in that way, we're very different. 
Um, you could always lose some of the old uh, dead weight. <laughs> oh, we've tried. I'm just kidding. No, you just my, keep showing up. My grip on bad. them coattails is iron firm. <laughs> I think we're out of time, Danny. <laughs> yep. Do you know what we're not out of? Wine. Matthew's I ain't delicious driving. wine. <laughs> I, I ain't driving. Mm-mm. Kyle, can you give me a ride to Taco Bell? That's enough, that's enough. Jeez. And then to my house, and then to, to Matt's house. Also, my finally wasn't about, I loved all of the conversation. It was, I was just really excited about the fan art. <laughs> that was all. The fan art's amazing. <laughs> it was so good, I'm sorry. That was amazing. <clears throat> Congrats, Cheyenne. You almost won a Purple Heart Dice Vault. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thank you solo. for having me, buddy. Everyone asked to be on this week, and I said, no, I want my alone time with Matt. You know? You're sweet. This is very slippery. Is your slippery? Yeah, I like it. It's good. Reduces the friction. Reduces the friction. Should remove the mics first, you know? <laughs> That's all the time we have for tonight. Sorry, forgot <laughs> forgot we were still on. I would like to thank uh, my guest, Matt Mercer. Thank you know you him me. from video games. <laughs> Things. <laughs> Episode yeah. 96 of Critical Rollers this Thursday, 7 p.m. Pacific. And then next week, it's C2E2. Yeah. And our live Chicago show. Oh, man, I can't wait. Which yeah. is going to be streamed. Yeah, yes. I, I still have no idea where we're going to be. I know. It, <laughs> it's always weird because the night before we leave, you come in and pack a bunch of different Dwarven Forge options yeah, because case. you don't even know really until we have to go. Yeah, well, it's like for the, for the, for the Terry Brigade one-shot we did oh, yeah. back in Austin, the one-shots are easier to prepare for because it's mm-hmm. an encapsulated one-shot that mm-hmm. I've planned weeks in advance to have a lot of options ready for. For our stream games, I don't know where we're going to be until the week beforehand, yep. so it's all very kind of like, oh shit, after this Thursday, then I'll have an idea, and then I'll be like a week of crazy prep of trying to bring enough things to feel comfortable for the week after. You might be fighting on top of a titan. <laughs> sure, why not? That was at Gen Con, wasn't it? There was, the, the, yeah, the, the, uh, the reveal of the, of the campaign thing? one. Yeah. Uh, like like final Tharamfala yeah. element was there. That was fucking awesome. That was crazy. That was really crazy. <laughs> oh, I threw my drink all over the theater. I'm sorry for everyone who was sitting around and Brian Foster. Nah, they love it. I remember sitting they off really the don't. side in the wings for that one and not being able to like hear anything except like every other like couple mm-hmm. of words. Mm-hmm. And so trying to watch that and listen is yeah. very interesting. That's yeah. one of the episodes that I'm like, I think I know what happened that episode. Right. <laughs> you, were, you were off to the side, yeah, yeah on the stage. Oh. Yeah, we wouldn't, we can't let her near the people. They'd just want selfies with her the whole time. We have I to mean, keep Danny's her hidden away. Crazy. You know, I walk out there, but it's like, oh, this motherfucker, you know, she goes out there, it's like the Beatles. She's amazing. You know what I mean? But no, legitimately, Danny's amazing. No. She's been with us for a very long time, and we're so lucky to have you. You're amazing. Wait, your anniversary just happened. Oh yeah, my three years with Critical Role. Yeah! Danny Carr, three years. Who would have thought she'd put up with us? Literally, I'm not making a joke. No. (laughs) Congratulations, show Danny some love. Um, She's amazing. She does everything here, literally. Uh, All right, well, that's it, we're out of time. I'm getting the old, uh, you know. Wrap it up. Yeah, (laughs) sorry. Hey, don't forget to love each other. Don't worry, it's almost Thursday. Stay true, my friends. Remember, creepy ain't a crime. But this fucking outfit is. Yes. <laughs> I hate looking at it in the monitor. I, I feel terrible. So you should. I feel like Drew Hefner. <laughs> <laughs>
Like his douchey <laughs> nephew he never wanted. Checks out. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. He's like, ah, my fucking sister's kid's here again wearing my goddamn robe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. All right. Love you guys. Love you guys. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Tox Machina on the Critical Role Podcast Network. If you like this episode, please drop a review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tox Machina airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash critical role on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you next time.